Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number 117. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name's Eric Fisher. And if you didn't hear that, that's Eric Fisher. We're having a little bit of a technical difficulty this week here with the audio quality coming in from Skype from Eric. But uh, we've got a great show prepared for you today. Eric, what's going on? You got plans for Christmas? Are you off for the week or what's going on? Yeah, I'm off as of, well, now. <laughs> so. So you actually, you you packed up the laptop, went to the university and hopped on the wi-fi and says you know what we're recording this thing yeah nice uh so um how long until you go back to work mon no tuesday the third i believe wow so you're off for a while yeah like 11 days or something like that i don't know if i could handle 11 days off are you going to go anywhere uh gonna go visit family for christmas and basically try to hang out with family at home and read and relax and unplug are you going to do one of those social media things where you unplug for a while no i did i mean i did that i mean i'm not gonna have the phone on me at all moments but i'm not gonna abstain completely like i did last year although it was very well worth doing so yeah absolutely I, i i you know i don't think i've ever done one of those social media fasts although i i find myself it's weird over the last well, actually, this week even. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the past week, maybe week and a half, I haven't been on Twitter and Facebook and, and all that other stuff as much. I've been very busy working on a project for a friend who's getting ready to launch a pretty significant podcast over at GodIsBiggerThanCancer.com. Um, I've been working on like around the clock on this idea for this uh, big, huge group I'm getting ready to launch for podcasters. And um, outside of that, just trying to maintain my inbox and do my to-do list and spend some time with my wife and kids and all that other stuff. I, I've just done the kind of almost like the bare minimum. Although I will say this, I found myself act, actually uh, becoming very active active in communicating with people via the comments section on my various sites. Live Fire has fired it up. Interesting. It has. So do you want to do a follow-up on that? I think so. Uh, so last week, episode 116, we talked about the awesomeness of embedded tweets and also Live Fire. And I, I'd love to just give you an update on both of those. Live Fire, number one, um, they fixed all the issues that um, every little tiny bug that I found so far up until episode 116, they fixed all of them. I found another one, though. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and I'm not sure if it's on my uh, if it's just on GSPN or if it's also on Podcast Answer Man because I haven't tried it on Podcast Answer Man. But I, I noticed that on GSPN.TV when I created a page, normally I don't allow any comments at all on my pages. But I did create a page that I was getting ready to create for our cruise coming up in 2013. And uh, I turned the comments on, but lo and behold, there's no comments there. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on there. They're actually working with me. And again, they are amazing in their response. But everything else had been fixed. And I have noticed 
major, major um, in- increase in the number of comments left on posts, especially at podcastanswerman.com. I'm, I'm noticing, you know, my most recent post has 14 comments on it now. And that's, I mean, that's, that's way up considering the fact that usually I'd get one or two comments. That, yeah, well, yeah. So that's what, if, if your normal is two and that's a hundred percent, you could say you've gone up about what? Six. Dude, I do no math in a podcast. You've gone up 10,000%. Stephanie and I just watched a show that's totally inappropriate for anybody really to watch at all, but um, (laughs) uh, it's called Friends with Benefits with uh, Justin, what's his name? Timberlake. Yeah, Justin Timberlake, the the MySpace guy. But anyway... um, there's this funny thing in, in here where he's like supposedly really terrible at math and he had, a you know, uh, math for dummies and and uh, he had a tutor every year in school and all this other stuff. And uh, they he was he's from California, but he's in New York and his dad was supposed to fly from California to New York. And of course, there's a three hour time difference. And they're going back and forth and his sister's, you know, now he's leaving here at such and such. And he goes, yes, I got it. I'll pick him up. Thirty two sharp. anyway i that was really silly but yes i don't do math so all i can tell you is that massive increase and it's not just on podcast answer man it's not just on most recent i'm noticing overall network wide um live fire seems to be drawing people in It, it it really does and um the embedded tweet now i've decided i'm not going to do the embedded tweet on every single podcast i just don't have the time to do it and here's the big problem with it. Uh, the big problem with with, uh, with me doing those embedded tweets at the end of every sh- post is that I release, what, um, seven podcasts right next to each other. And so for me to be able to embed the post from tw- embed the tweet from Twitter, what do I have to do? I have actually to actually tweet it. Exactly. And I don't want I, I mean, I've, I'm almost ready to hit the 10,000 mark on Twitter followers. And I don't want to send, you know, seven tweets, even in the same day, all linking back to my podcast episodes. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. I hadn't thought about, wonder if there was a way to. There's not. Yeah. I, my thought was, what if you tweeted it and then deleted it, but the tweet existed, and then it was a ghost of a tweet that you embedded, and then... But that yeah. doesn't work because it would be a dead tweet. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, the the here there's, there's still got to be a way to do it. We'll figure it out. Well, the way to do it was you know to go ahead and buffer all the tweets, and then as they you know, and then to, whenever those buffered times are for me to actually put on my calendar for me to go in and grab those tweets, and then and get the embed code and and update the post at the end and do that. I mean that that's. That's a possibility, but like I said, it's it's just too much little extra work, and it's not even something I want to delegate out to somebody until I feel like it's like, wow, if I don't do this, it's crazy. However, I did put the embedded tweet on SMS 116, and I did put the embedded tweet at the bottom of the post of Podcast Answer Man episode 240, and both of them actually got quite a bit of uh, Twitter activity, uh, whether it be... You know, and actually what I noticed is official retweets because, of course, that's what that's the only only way it doesn't do. Yeah, it doesn't do the quoted. It just does the official. And so, yeah, as soon as I posted that and then linked back to it, 
I went and got the embed code, put it in there, and then as people were actually clicking through the link, reading through, they would. I, I put a little note that says, please consider retweeting the following update to share this episode. And by golly, I saw within, within 10 minutes, maybe five to seven uh, retweets, and then I saw a bunch of people click the favorite button, and I actually had a couple people hit the reply button and, and uh, at reply to me from that embedded tweet. Yeah. So it's working. It, it's- I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if you were able to pull your Twitter following, if people would really find it to feel spammy or whatever. If you literally did tweet all the episodes and then be done with it. I think. I, or I, if you staggered I, them throughout the day when it was ready. You know. Yeah. I. I. I think I could get by with it, but again, here's the thing. At GSPN, the the I. It has been my quote unquote single inter you know space for for tweeting uh, for my brand for the longest time. Now I do have some other uh, Twitter IDs and stuff like that, but at GSPN has the fullest mix of everybody. And so I would say there's probably out of the ten almost ten thousand people who are following me, I would say that probably four to five thousand of those people are very much interested in anything and everything that's going on with gspn.tv. The rest of them are either, dude, I'm only here for Podcast Answer Man only. I'm only here because you're in the social media space or you're only, I'm only here because you you have good business insights. You're, I'm only here because you have, you know, something else. Right. And, and, and not to mention the fact that the Twitter strategy that I am using right now to grow my followers is actually reaching out to the people who follow the people who I interact with most on Twitter who are consistently talking about me in a positive way to their community. And of course, I'm getting a ton of new followers as a result of that who just know me through hearing about me from somebody else, maybe hearing me in one or two interviews on somebody else's podcast. So they're not quite at the point where I feel like they could put up where I would want to make them put up with seven links back to my podcast episodes all within the same day. What if you, since live shows are Thursday, what if you decided, okay, none of them come out on Thursday, but then you stagger them Friday, Saturday, and Sunday where you have one in the morning and one in the afternoon or evening. Yeah, I did that in the past. Everybody uh, revolted against that idea. Really? Uh, in the community. Yeah, they they did not like the idea of me posting these tweets or posting the episodes later. Well, I don't mean posting the episodes later. I just mean t- making the actual tweet that becomes the embedded tweet and then, you know, maybe even delegating it. Yeah, that that was my original to a team member and having it come back in later to add the embed tweet. Yeah, that that's something that uh, I for me to do that, I'd have to really feel like it's super super valuable. Yeah. And I, I'm just not seeing that great of a response just yet from it. It it, it definitely had a little bit. Uh, but but again, Podcast Answer Man, I saw it happen more on Podcast Answer Man than I did in, you know, the social media serenity. Right. But, but the thing is, is that um, that's a you know, that's that's the most engaged brand I have is Podcast yeah. Answer Man. Well, how about it? How about this? Can I ask you to do a challenge? Sure. How about instead of doing it for every single show? You keep doing it for just podcast answer man, and then that's just one tweet a week, which yeah. you're going to tweet anyway. Oh yeah, that, I'm sorry I, if I didn't. Yeah, I'm definitely planning on doing it for podcast answer man every single week. Okay, 
because I because to be honest, I'm I'm very intrigued. I want to see what the ongoing, you know, return for embed tweets is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I am I am loving all of this. Everything we talked about in episode 116, I am putting to practice, especially in at least in podcast answer, man. But uh, even even with the even with the ongoing conversations, these threaded discussions via live fire, this is it's almost like a little forum for each, uh, you know, forum threaded conversation for each each post. And, and yeah. I don't know why it feels different than regular commenting. But it just does. And 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 I have noticed that there I've been, you know, on a post and I reply to somebody. And then the next thing I know, I'm replying to another one further down on the page. And I see somebody respond live to the to the one I responded to earlier. And you could literally have like a chat section session back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's live and it's on fire and it's on fire. So anyway, that's my update, live fire, and also embedded tweets. I do plan on, like I said, I will continue to embed tweets in every episode of Podcast Answer Man, and I may randomly do it for some other stuff as well. Cool. But uh, good stuff. All right, so what is going on here? What about these brand pages? I, I have not yet, I mean, I've heard about these brand pages. I've not actually gone to a brand page. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, what was interesting to me was when I was looking at this article on um, they rolled this out. Twitter rolled this out. This is an article on Mashable. Uh, Twitter rolled this brand page thing out uh, with new new Twitter and or major redesign, I guess we should call it. I didn't know that Twitter had an advertising blog. It's called ad, it's advertising.twitter.com. And and there that's where they actually talk about it a little bit more. Okay. And to be honest, it, what they've done is, is they've they've rolled it out to a bunch of large or sorry launch partners read that wrong like american express best buy bing chevrolet coke dell disney etc all these large you know companies mcdonald's and what it is is it is i mean it's it's a page instead i mean if you you have to think about it in terms of like how facebook did it where originally what what you had for facebook was everybody had a profile even brands and then they came out with pages where you could not have to be a person well you could but you you know for reserve for celebrities etc uh branding well that's what twitter's done and so what i'm curious about because to be honest even in here as well as the twitter advertising blog that talks about it there are pluses to having a brand page the problem with it is is i don't see how you get one as well as i don't see how you um, differentiate from maybe an existing brand page or account that you already have. Well, I'm looking at twitter.com slash best buy and I can tell it. I mean, I can tell that it's a brand page because it does have like a little banner underneath the, the profile information. Okay. So that's something that's customizable there. Outside of that, uh, the I mean, and obviously they have a custom background, but I can do a custom background. Uh, it's, it's just that the only thing different that I'm noticing on Best Buys is simply the um, is the the little banner underneath the profile information. I'm gonna. I went to American Express. They didn't. They actually have that little banner information as well uh, down there as well, but they didn't really do much with it. I'm looking at uh, twitter.com slash Disney Pixar, uh, all one word together. 
And uh, same thing, they're advertising uh, Brave, Disney's Brave in the little banner down there. <clears throat> I noticed the banner is not clickable, which is kind of weird. Now, what banner are you seeing? Because I'm not seeing any of this. You're not seeing this? No. Hmm. And maybe it's because I still don't have the new Twitter. It must be. Which is, again, disappointing. You, so you, you don't have new, new Twitter yet? No, I still don't. That's crazy. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. So what I'll do I mean, here. I see the screenshots. So it's, I mean, I see Dell's screenshot in the article. And I can see, I mean, the, the pluses here to having this is that you can, you know, pick your picks that you want to show up. You can, basically, you can pick your best content on Twitter and have that be what rises to the top of your page and have it be there versus yeah. just the stream. So, so I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, it, you're right. I don't see how you can actually apply to be a brand um, or anything like that. Maybe they're, Maybe this is something they're charging Disney and American Express and Dell for. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, and, and if so, by all means, I, I hope they do. I, I, I want to start seeing Twitter make some money. You yeah, know, I do. I, I'd love to see them start making some money. And uh, who knows? I mean, if, if they open it up and roll it out and the price is right and and it gives me the ability to do a little further customization and and uh, really trick out my my profile, I might even consider it for some of my stuff. The only thing is, is you know, I would really love to have a brand, a, a brand page for Podcast Answer Man on Twitter. I really would. And the only thing is, is I can only get Podcast Answer Ma. <laughs> so I can't be a man. I got to right. be Ma. Yeah. Yeah. I've run out of spaces. Anyway, brand pages. So there's not a whole lot to say other than the fact that we don't know how you create one, but there's a link in the show notes to people who have them. <laughs> Actually, here, here it says... Um, the page and promoted tweet are both free of charge and publicly accessible for the world to see. Huh. Well, so you will be able to have a promoted tweet that's on the top of your page. Wait a second. So the, but the brand page is going to be free. Is that what it said? Well, that's what it said. It says, we announced a new version of Twitter that makes it easier for you to see as part of this release. We're introducing enhanced profile pages that help marketers create an even more compelling destination on Twitter for their brands. Huh. Skipping down, this page and the promoted tweet are both free of charge and publicly accessible. So, profile. I'm clicking on my profile here. Learn how to get the new version of Twitter. Go to fly.twitter.com. Oh, so have you tried that? No, because I didn't know that that's something I could even do. <laughs> but I still don't see it when I go there. Yeah. Uh, like what it, it just tells me about new Twitter. So, okay, all right. Well, let's move on. Um, I'm I'm gonna tweet at Twitter and say, "Hey, can I have new Twitter now, please? Thanks." Yeah. Good luck with that. So, um, hands on with Twitter's tweet deck. Have Have you tried Twitter's tweet deck? I tried it. Luckily, and this gives it away. Luckily, you can keep the old install. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do use that for work explicitly for work purposes. And I did download the other one, the new one, the quote-unquote neutered one. and uh, <laughs> Neutered. <laughs> neutered tweet deck. And uh, it, yeah, I mean, it is very much like what happened with uh, the old tweet deck for iPhone 
if you remember how that worked out, um, TweetDeck for iPhone, it was was actually pretty good. And then they made it look a lot nicer, but a lot less functional, hid a lot of the settings and power tools and et cetera. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff in there, but it's really, this is my, this is my opinion only. Like they've just, they've pulled out a lot of the different things or oversimplified the UI to the point where what people used it for, which was the power tools are either very clunky or hidden or gone. I hear that you can't like filter out certain things or keywords anymore or. Yeah, I think there's a, there's like a global filter, but I think it's a little, it's not as good as it used to be. So, okay. so hold on to your yellow tweet deck because the blue one is, uh, I mean, if you're a, t- a diehard tweet deck fan, you're probably sad. Yeah. Well, TweetDeck has been neutered, so says Eric Fisher. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, what about the Facebook time- timeline? Do you have that new timeline yet? Yeah, I actually had that a while ago. Okay. Now, I have not turned it on yet. I wanted to save this for oh. for Social Media Serenity. All now, right. I understand this is something that you can turn on. Is that correct? That is true. I'm going to go real quick to my timeline because I tweeted... I cross terminology. I posted this to Twitter like a day ago. I'm just going to go to facebook.com slash timeline and see what that does. That's probably what it is. Yeah. And here it took me to facebook.com slash about slash timeline and it's loading now. um, Okay. So, and it's got a video introducing it and there's a big, huge green button down at the bottom. It says get timeline. So I'm clicking get timeline and by golly, it it says, welcome to your timeline. Um, take a tour or publish now. You can, okay, only you can see your timeline during your seven day preview. This gives you a chance to review what's going on, uh, your timeline now and hide whatever you don't want. Uh, <laughs> click publish now or wait until your timeline goes live on December 29th learn more. So I guess now because I hit that, there's no going back. Well, you can, but you didn't just say you could make it go live now. Uh, yeah, there is the opportunity, but there's no way for me to, to do this. Okay. So basically, uh, born on, uh, it's got born January 20th. Um, and there's no photo there yet. Started working at self-employed and loving it in, uh, 2005. Although, uh, that's weird. I, I, it pulled that up from where I, I guess it says that I created like podcast answer man, um, or actually doing podcasting GSPN, mm-hmm. but that's a wrong date. I actually started working self-employed. I became self-employed in January of 2008. So I'll have to edit that, uh, show there's nothing going on. Actually, 2007 is just a bunch of Facebook status updates. Yeah. So, well, that's when you started. Yeah. And then 2008 and stuff like that. I I, I don't know. There's, no, I mean, it doesn't seem to... I mean, of course, I've always had this philosophy, and we've talked about this philosophy. Open book. Yeah. I, I've only posted stuff that I would not be afraid for the w- entire world to see. And uh looks you like... You can always fa- edit it later. Yeah. Facebook just locked up on me. Huh. Uh, I am back. To, okay. So I'm back to my timeline. 
So this is weird. Now, this is crazy because th- what I don't like here is there is now no way for me to see what my actual Facebook looks like to people who don't have this. But if I go now, well, and now I got it. Well, people now it's to the point where before this point, only developers could turn it on and see other people that had turned it on. But now that it's live for everyone, if you make it live, you will see it live. Even if, like if, say I didn't have timeline and installed or turned on on mine, but you did on yours and I go to your profile, yours will appear as a timeline to me. Right. So. Now is there places I assume that you can actually get uh, Facebook covers? What do you mean? So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to Google right now. I'm going to do Facebook cover images. I'm sure this is already. Oh, um, you mean up above, like your header? Yeah, you know, just uh, Facebook timeline cover images from Mountain Dew. So, uh, yeah, so they. Yeah, I just picked a really weird picture of myself to use. Uh, and uh, let's see here. It says fans of the Mountain Dew Facebook fan page can choose from several different images related to the beverage, all scaled to match the dimensions of the cover image timeline. So here it is, 851 pixels by 315 pixels. That's what I was looking for. Oh, there you go, the dimensions, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to optimize, you're looking for an image that is 851 pixels by 315 pixels. So um, what I probably will do is, rather than taking a picture of myself, oh, you know what I could do? Oh, I know what picture I would choose. I would choose the picture that I went on that cruise. So choose from photos. And I should be able to find the photo the photo I went on the cruise with Dan Miller and those guys. So uh, just bear with cool. me. I want to... Why is that not showing? Ah, because it's not mine. It's actually somebody else's. Now i got to find out how to find that picture. Are you able to download that picture? You could use yeah, that. I can, yeah, that's what I'll do is I'll download it. But now I don't know how to find it. Because it used to just be always be up in my profile. Right. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, yeah. so I'll have to, I'll have to, now I have to add this to my to-do list now that I only have seven days to really play with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But anyway, so that's how you do it. Just go to facebook.com slash timeline. And at the bottom, you can click to do that. And, and it's enabled for everyone now. And, uh, and well, not yet. Not, no, absolutely not. When you do the, oh, yes. No, everybody is, has access to turn it on. I mean, okay. Yes. So basically, and once you do that, you have the ability to modify it and uh, update Facebook timeline. I'm just putting this in my to-do list. Okay. So anyway, um, you have the ability to modify it, add the pictures, take away any information you don't want, add information you do want. And once you have done that, then you can click to publish it immediately. Otherwise, you have seven days and then it just goes live anyway. Right. Pretty cool. I, I do like the the look of the timeline. I just don't understand. You know what I can't write, wrap my mind around is the two column layout. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. It's 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 kind of like, um, it, it show well it's got yeah I no I don't understand it. Okay, so so it looks like it's got friends on the right hand side, and then it's got music, and then it's got more music. And then it's got more recent activity. But then on the left-hand side, it's got 53 minutes ago, 11 hours ago, 13 hours ago, 16 hours ago. And then it jumps over to the right-hand side and then back to the left and to the right. 
And so it's, it, yeah, I don't, I don't like the two column layout. I really despise it actually. Yeah. There's, there's some, I mean, standard stuff that stays, the stays where it's at at all times. Then it turns into chronological. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Of course it's just new, you know, so I'm, I'm always opposed to new things immediately right off the bat, but I usually realize that sometimes these things, uh, end up being pretty darn cool in the in the end so um i think overall i think i'll probably be interested in this how do you now you've had you've had timeline for a while i've had it for a while at first i thought oh wow this is really clunky now i don't care as much because one i'm used to it and two i don't visit my own profile all see, that much it's more about other people see i visit my profile all the time to well, you do the right, right to right. go to the content to comment to people mm-hmm. for the threaded conversations now you don't have a baby picture. What do you mean? I went to born April third, and um, and I don't see, I don't see your birthday picture. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't gotten around to it. See, this is see, this is my. I think this is probably one of the coolest things about the timeline is, is to go and see people's baby pictures and, yeah, and I just, stuff. No, I turned it on and just never went back. Yeah, but that's a good point. I think I, I imagine a lot of people imagine a lot of people have done that um i'm gonna click on i'm just gonna rant oh my friend melissa from church uh has already turned on her timeline um and i am going to scroll down to click on born and see if she's got a baby picture and survey says no no baby picture however uh pictures look nicer on here when you're posting a picture i like how that they're much bigger more prominent yeah i do like that by the way can i just say that um pictures in uh google plus annoy me why i always end up closing the tab or closing the page or whatever oh yeah because it opens up the whole other thing yeah it opens up the big huge gigantic light box with a little chat thing over to the side and suppose I guess you're supposed to click the X at the top or click outside of the picture, but on I mean it 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 like takes up the full screen, and so I always hit the back button, and the back button actually takes me back to the page I clicked on before I clicked on the pic. It it never takes me back to where I want to go, and and they're frustrating. Have you noticed any of that when you click on a picture in Google Plus? Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm doing it right now. I'm I'm looking for a picture. Okay, here is a picture from Michael Tibbs Jr. I'm clicking on the picture, and now what? It's it's pulled up the picture, and to get back to my timeline, right where I was, I would actually hit the the little white X at the top right hand corner of the screen. That's how you get back. But if I click on the picture, and this is what it's like. Okay, well, how do I? Okay, I'm clicking outside of the picture. That doesn't get me out of it. If I don't click that little X, my natural inclination is to hit the back button. And that actually takes me back to Facebook because I was at Facebook before I went to Google+. So when I click on an image and it takes up the entire darn screen, by golly, give me the, you know, it, it appears as though I'm on another page when in reality, it's it's a pop-up. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm, I'm consistent. I, I'm consistently going for the back button and never being taken back to Google plus. I'm always taken back to where the page I was at before I came to Google plus. And that 
I think is ridiculous. That That's very poor user interface. Jonathan Nation says hit the escape button. That's standard for pop-ups. Hmm. Well, let's try that. I haven't tried that one yet. So if I want to, I'm going to go down to that same image. I'm going to click it, and I'm hitting the escape button. And that does get rid of it. So thank you. At least, at least I know now that I can be in an image and it and and actually hit the escape button rather than try to go find that little tiny X button all the way up there. But um, I, I still think that's crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, it 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 doesn't appear as a pop up. It appears as though it took you to another quote unquote hyperlink. It it's mostly that it pops up so big that you think you're on an actual page, whether it's actually it's just a pop up. Well, here's the thing: I have my screen resolution is two thousand five hundred sixty by fourteen forty, and if I maximize this all the way to that resolution, it is the entire screen. Right. So it, as far as I'm concerned, it is communicating to me new page. Yeah. And so if I hit the back button, it takes me back. But if I hit the escape button, it does take me to where I think it should. So, all right. I have I have a Google Plus pet peeve. Okay, tell me. I tried to upload like five different videos yesterday to the brand page, and it would not take them. Like it would go up there, it it would upload them all. You'd see it finish, and then it would sit. You'd click um, the button to get out of there, and it would just. The, the box would disappear and the videos weren't there and nothing. And I'm like, I did it about five times and I said, forget this. It's just annoying. Google plus pet peeves. I'm adding it to our, <laughs> our, our list. Uh, so I'm going to click on my profile um, and I'm going to see if I can remember how to get to my brand page. Okay. So no, I go back to Google plus and then go to podcast answer man. And I want to see if my video ever made it. Cause I actually tried to upload a video as well. Um, and this is actually, me sharing that's a YouTube video so no that's not it uh, and if I click on podcast answer man there we go videos and you're right there's no videos here and I did try to upload a video as well and I had an issue yeah so um, I just I just want to be able to why can't we here here's what I want and I don't want to upload new videos I just want to link to a YouTube video and say, these are my videos. Yeah. You already, you Google is a, um, oh, ecosystem. YouTube is part of that ecosystem. You've already uploaded the video. Just let me show you that you already own my video. Well, you already host my video. I should say they don't own it. Right. So, yeah. So that, that just makes no sense at all to me. I think that they should allow us to just link you know, embed our YouTube videos under the video tab. Now, if you go, well, yeah, to, it just give you the link to the video, and they say, "Oh, okay," and then it's a naturally embedded, yeah, thing. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, um, Google, I will say this: they have actually updated to where you can now have multiple people manage a Google Plus page. Oh, did they? Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, so, I want to say that I have done uh, several Google Hangouts. Uh, the last two weeks, I I did a Google. Ha Matter of fact, let me go to my. How do I get back to my profile? I got to go back and hit you. And here, let me go to my profile. This is really the only thing I'm doing on Google Plus mostly. Uh, so on December 15, I hung out with 15 people, uh, not all at once because it was ten, you know up to 10 at a time. 
but once somebody dropped out, somebody else would drop in or jump in. Uh, so December 8th, I hung out with 15 people. And on December 15th, I hung out with uh, 15 people. And on December 1st, I hung out with 10 people. And I will tell you that so far with each Google Hangout that I've done, I've enjoyed it more. Yeah. Hey, and and uh, I joined last time in my, my office. And then I also joined via Wi-Fi walking across campus with my iPhone. Yeah, so you did it via 3G, did or no? You did it via Wi-Fi, but I was I, via Wi-Fi. I think John, uh, let's see here, John Porter. Uh, anyway, he came in and he was on via um, 3G, I believe. Yeah. How did it look? Did could you tell that it was breaking it, up at it, all? Or it anything? was it was breaking up, but it didn't actually sound a whole lot different than you sound here today, though. Okay. So, so I mean, it wasn't terrible. Uh, but it wasn't as good as, you know, obviously being on Wi-Fi or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm really digging Google Plus for Hangouts, but really not. I, it, it, for me, Google Plus is Hangouts, you know, versus the best of stumble upon. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> follow people who are who are posting videos and and uh, funny images. You know, that those are the really cool things like I'm. Mark Jones has a picture of this lightning here that's just out of this world awesomeness. Yeah. Kim in the chat room is confused. She says, you can add a YouTube video as a link without a problem. And I think w what we're trying to do is actually upload videos to the brand page. Under the videos tab. If you go, if you go to um, Facebook, or if you go to Google+, go to Google+, and type in Podcast Answer Man. All right, and then it'll pull it up, and and of course, once you're on the podcast answer man brand page for Google Plus under posts, you will see in the timeline of my interview with Leo Laporte. Mm -hmm. However, if you click on about, you see the about page, which I haven't still haven't updated yet. If you click on photos, I still really haven't done anything with that yet. But if you click on videos, it says there are no videos. And the only way you can get a video under the video tab on a brand page is uploading the video, which by the way, Eric and I both have had multiple tri uh, tries at this and, and have not successfully had a video upload there yet. Yeah. And, uh, and there is no way for us to take just a YouTube link or an embed code and embed it under the video tab. The only way we can put a video right now is, is if we want the YouTube is to put it in our, in our stream on there or the wall or whatever they're calling these things. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if this is the same for profiles as well as brand pages. I don't think, I don't think the error is there for both sides. Uh, does profiles, personal profiles, do they have a videos tab? I think they do. Uh, yeah. Might you're, be wrong, but I, I think they do. Yeah, you're right. There it is. I clicked there and, uh, yeah, so it does. Um, that's weird. I have one there. Wait a second. Is it, it says you can even upload videos from your phone. I didn't know that. That's why I have one there. I've uploaded one from my phone. It's of my son. Cool. So. Anyway. All right. I so, think it's because it's YouTube. <laughs> so let's see anyway. here. We've talked about uh, TweetDeck being neutered, uh, Twitter brand pages, Facebook's timeline. Oh, let's. Uh, another one. Facebook. The hidden inbox. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, in fact. Now, do you, do you want to know something that's funny? What? When I first 
heard about people talking about this, like it was some huge controversy, I was surprised because I already knew it existed and had completely ignored it for a long, long time because I only ever got junk there. Yeah, yeah, same same here. However, um, it, well, when they first turned it on, I only got junk and because I, I had checked it. I, I'm like you. I knew that there was another quote-unquote other box, but like you, it was all spam. It was in Facebook invites to, you know, it was update, you know, messages that were sent regarding uh, Facebook events from people that I didn't uh, have listed as a friend. And and I guess the I guess what puts it th- something into the other field is somebody who emails you or messages you in Facebook who is not actually activated as a friend on your account. Right. So here's the problem, and and I'll tell you what it it it's so far behind. This is this is the deal. I am not. I am. Not, I have not yet gone through and created a Facebook other inbox zero yet. And and here and you don't get any email notifications on these, right? No, you don't get any notification that anything's come to that. And there's no way to turn on notifications right. to this. Right. Okay. So here here's what I've got. Um uh here's Nemo Chu emailed me. Did you end up attending that session? I wanted to, but I couldn't. And it was regarding building building a successful community online. So that's somebody who reached out to me. Um, Marina wrote, good day. I'm really sorry for disturbing you, but I'm a huge fan of you, Stephanie, and all your shows. I'd be honored if you could add me to your friends list. <laughs> that was June 19th. And uh, I, the cool thing is, is that we are friends now. And uh, wow. Okay. Interesting photos. Uh, moving forward. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. No, that was interesting. I uh, let's see. Jim says I just heard heard you online via iTunes. Fascinating information. Keep up the great work. Thank you for the tip about remaining committed until you've done ten shows online. And that was from June twentieth, two thousand eleven. Kathleen said heard you interviewed on Pat Flynn's podcast. That was June twenty ninth. I mean, th- th- all of these from June. Here's one from September. Ken says. Just a quick message to say hi and thank you. So far, I've listened to your VA podcast, Podcast Answer Man, Social Media Serenity, Hunger Games, read all three books, and I'm now listening to previous episodes of the Help I Got a Mac podcast, having bought my first Mac last week. Oh, yes, I've I've also had Melissa Stolfer do work for me after you mentioned her in a podcast. Very nice lady. I really enjoy all the work you produce and have gleaned lots of very useful information from them. Thanks, regard, Ken. So these are the type of in, these are the type of emails, the messages that I've missed from Facebook ever since May. Yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good, and there's no way to know. No way to know unless you go in every like once a week. Unless you and go check. into your messages and then go into other. Yeah, which I have nothing there. Yeah. So mine was junk and I deleted it. And then when I went and checked again after seeing the story and thinking, oh no, what has Facebook done now? And there was nothing there. I'm like. Oh yeah, the other messages thing. Yep. Nobody likes me, that's why. Is that what it is? I'm just not popular. Yeah. Or spam worthy. <laughs> well, there we go. So, uh that's the other. So by oh, by, by the way, if you guys want to find out what we're talking about, go in go into Facebook, all right? And once you're logged into Facebook, go in and click on your messages tab up there at the top, 
and then go down and click see all messages. And on the left hand side, you'll see favorites, newsfeed, messages, and then right underneath messages, you'll see other, you know, the, the stuff we buried under the carpet and didn't tell you about. That's what you'll see. And I think you'll be shocked and maybe even very upset about some of the messages you may or may not have uh, been able to interact with. And yeah. so, matter of fact, to-do list, crud. Let me put this on here. Putting it on my to-do list. Um, respond to FB other. Others. You got to respond to the others. There's a lot. Others. There's the lost reference for you. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So are we ready? I guess the only thing left is Andy's message. Andy. Do we have time for that? Save the best for last. The best for last. Now, Andy's message was originally eight minutes in length, and I've pared it down to four minutes, and then uh, we're going to respond after after Andy's talking here. Hey, guys. This is Andy Trump calling in some feedback. I made a major change in the way that I am looking at and interacting on Facebook, and I'm in the middle of it right now. I had 1,145 friends on Facebook as of Friday, and as of today, I have about 800. The reason I'm doing that is for three different articles I read in the last week. The first one is uh, from a guy named Daniel Gulati. The article is called Facebook is Making Us Miserable. It says, Facebook's explosive rate of growth and recent product releases, such as the prominent news ticker, top stories on the news feed, and larger photos, have all been focused on one goal encouraging more sharing. As it turns out, it's precisely this hyper-sharing that is threatening our sense of happiness. And he points out three things that Facebook does, and one is it's a den of comparison. It's fragmenting our time. And last is decline in close relationships. And this is a big one for me because I'm a very social person, and I think that we have a new dynamic in our culture where we really believe that the online relationships can completely re- replace flesh relationships. And by that, I mean, Cliff, you know, we're good friends, and yet we've never met. It doesn't mean our friendship's not as good. It just means that uh, there's different layers of our relationship that don't exist because we've never met face-to-face. I don't think it has to be an either-or, but I do think it has to be a both-and. I think you have to have flesh relationships, and sometimes it's more difficult to do that. For instance, if you live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, most of my friends don't live here. My good friends... But I do think it, it creates a decline in closer relationships for most people. They just spend time in and out of people's lives that they may have not seen since high school. So the second one is that social media is a trap. And this is written by Seth Godin. And it talks about the trap of social media noise. And I love this because he says it looks like winning to get your numbers up. But it's actually a double-edged form of losing. You're wasting your time when you could be building a tribe instead could be earning permission, could be creating a channel where your voice is actually welcomed. And Cliff, I'm hearing some resistance just in my mind about what you might say to that about, you know, in in fact, you are building a channel, but I think that the difference is, Cliff, you built your channel uh, at gspn.tv and I believe that your Facebook presence and your Twitter very intentionally points people back to GSPN. Uh, in a very good way, or back to your your content on iTunes, wherever it might be. And I think that the problem is when people's only platform is Facebook, when they don't have any other place to send people, that's really dangerous, really dangerous. Um, You know, imagine if you had spent a lot of time and dollars into, um, you know, Gowalla and, and how it fit with your business model. 
Well, Koala just got bought by Facebook and now it's gone. And Seth says, relentlessly focus, prune your message and your list and build a reputation that's worth owning and an audience that cares. Uh, The last one is for Mitch Joel, uh, the best response. And he said that one of his fans posted a blog, comment on his blog, tweeted about the blog, posted it on their LinkedIn profile, posted it on Facebook and posted it on Google+. And I don't think that's out of the question. And Mitch Joel's point was, that's five places that Mitch should be going out and saying, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And no, he doesn't have to. He was just talking about the fragmentation. This all came to a head when I said, you know what, I Facebook is noise to me. I mean, I'm probably deleting 75% of the people that I'm friends with, which is crazy. But I want to go on Facebook to be connected to people that I have deeper relationships with. I don't know how many people that'll upset, but it's about me managing my time better and me enjoying the platform instead of being fragmented by it. Uh, So I'm sure you guys will have lots of opinions on this. And that ends my feedback. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Alrighty, so there you go. Um, I think that I left a majority. I know I, I mean, I cut it down in half, but I think that that got the heart of what Andy was sharing there uh, eric any any responses on your part right off the bat yeah i mean hmm. a couple of ways you can go with that I, I i agree i mean it makes sense to simplify it makes sense to I, I definitely think okay going back to the very early stuff of what he said was comparative yeah i don't like to do that it's not healthy to do that, to compare, you know, well, I've got so many friends and such and such, just so many likes. They always get lots of things, you know, it, this is not how it works. I mean, it's just use the, use the tool for what you're wanting to use it for and, and optimize it for that. I don't think that necessarily going out and trying to click tons of uh, people's profiles and, and friend requesting them just because they're, prominent or you want to get to know them in a sense so much as maybe commenting on their stuff or interacting with them etc so i don't know well yeah here here's the thing is i'm going to respond to the first one the denna comparison well i don't think i don't think facebook has i mean obviously i i I just want to qualify anything that I say by saying that I have not read any of the three articles, although I will link to all of them. He provided me links to all of them. Oh, great. Um, so I will put links to all of the articles in the show notes for um, Social Media Serenity episode number 117 here. But um, the den of comparison, I, I, you know, here's the thing. Should we compare ourselves to each other? I don't think we should. But um, I don't think Facebook is causing us to do it more than anything else. Um, the the fact is is in 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 a way, I think that there could be positive sides of people seeing things in Facebook. Like for example, if you see somebody out there who is actively working out and they're talking about, hey, I just worked out and you know accomplished this, and hey, here's the pictures that are from my marathon I just ran, or hey, here's here's this awesome thing that I just achieved or, hey, I'm going on a family vacation or just got back from a family vacation and, man, it felt good to take time off of work and, and stuff like that. I think it's okay to see some of those things and it's like, wow, I I haven't taken a vacation and I haven't taken my family on a vacation for years or, wow, um, I you know what, maybe I can go work out, you know, and 
So I, I don't think that, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see that. I, I see the Dena comparison, but at the same time, you know, I, I think this is human nature and I don't think Facebook adds or takes away. I think that if, yeah, you're going to see more of what other people are doing, but I think, I don't, I don't think that, um, I don't think that, I don't know. I, it's all on your perspective. I I, th- I think that's up to the individual. So, for example, yeah. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think I'm susceptible to the negative aspects of the den of comparison. So, for example, if if all of a sudden, um, Eric, you won the lottery and you're out spending all kinds of money and and doing all kinds of exciting things and and globe trotting around the world, I'm not going to see that and say, "Wow, my life is miserable compared to Eric's." Right. You know, would I be tempted to at times? Maybe. I don't know. But but the thing is, is that's not why I I think it goes. What did you say? It depends on your perspective. It depends on your perspective. Like, for example, like I could be like, oh, Cliff's so lucky and I'm so jealous. He got to meet, you know, Laporte and all his dreams have come true and he has to make better dreams. What I should be doing, which is how I am doing, is like, that's really inspiring, Cliff. I'm so awesome that you have proved that if you set goals, if you if you have one, have dreams, dare to dream, set goals to meet and make those dreams come true, they can and will. And so why am I not doing that? Right. And ex- so that's that- that's the perspective I need to have. And I do so. Exactly. And so so I think that we are we individually are con- in control over our aspect of the comparison of ourselves to other people. And I don't think that that's a technology issue. I think that's a personal issue. And I don't think that Andy's leaving Facebook because of he's having problems with the den of comparison himself. Although he's, he did refer to that article. And, and I, I just happen to believe that Andy's a strong enough person to, to not get caught up into that aspect of it. Right. Um, so, so anyway, moving on to the, the next one. The, the fact that um, Facebook is, he actually asserted that Facebook, and I will quote, creates a decline in closer relationships. And I will argue against this seven days a week, 24 hours a day if I need to. I totally disagree with that. Now, is it possible for that to happen to certain people? Yes, there are going to be some people who are who have a difficult time socially. They turn they find the they find the Facebook and they get on there and all of a sudden they they realize, "Wow, I could have these relationships without the risk of the face-to-face and the the awkwardness of of dealing with people uh in in flesh, in the flesh, person to person." And and yeah, they could lock themselves in a room and and never see the light of day again. And, 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 but the thing is, do I think Andy's, you know, I don't think Andy's troubling with this. I mean, is, is it creating a decline in your relationship, Andy, by having all these people? Are you finding that you're, you're not as close to people? So for me, when I think about this, it's done the opposite. Um, even though I am not a huge fan of Facebook, I will tell you, my mom is closer to me <laughs> than, than before she was on Facebook. She understands my mom understands so much more about me, her son, than she ever would have had I not been on Facebook and had she not been on Facebook. That's a mother and a son. She knows yeah. what she knows what a lot of my hopes, fears, and dreams are. How many moms out there know that about their kids? 
because I share those things. I share those status updates. I share those pictures. I share share those times. I share my my mom knows that that a close personal friend of mine was just diagnosed with you know pancreatic cancer. Of uh, my mom knows about all kinds of all kinds of stuff going on in my life because I chose to share it not just with her but with other people. And so therefore, it, with people that I've gone to church with in the past, um, you know. Getting to to know that, you know, I hear them say, hey, yeah, I've been working out. But all of a sudden, every day to see Melissa get in there and and see her workouts and how often she's been working at this and 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 stuff like that. I, I'm closer to these people. And I'm talking about, and so far, I've kept this all in flesh relationships. My, yeah. my, my in the flesh relationships, I'm so much closer to those people than I ever would before. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the flesh relationships in a second, but I want to jump out of the flesh relationships and talk about the noise, you know, the, the Seth Godin part. Um, I'm by the way, well, I can't tell anymore. Um, you know, I've got the new Facebook. It doesn't tell me how many friends I have or does it, is there, is there a way I can find out? I think it does. Um, so I'm going to go to my profile and how do I find out how many friends I have now? Oh yeah, it does. So right up top. okay, so I have two thousand three hundred sixty-four friends. Oh man, I only have eight hundred and eighty-five. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the situation. I have I have over two thousand friends on Facebook, and do you know what? The close personal people that I am have flesh in in the flesh relationship with, Facebook has helped me to get to know them better. And here's how it's done that, even though I have over 2,000 people that I'm following or that I'm friends with. I actually went into Facebook and created lists. I have lists for people that I go to church with. I have a list for family. I have a list for, for really great, you know, GSPN community friends. And, and I have all of these different lists. And what I've done is, and actually I have this one list of anybody and everybody I want to be in touch with. I want to get to know better. And so I have a list that has about 300, 400 people in it. And that list is, is what is my Facebook link. So instead of seeing the Facebook timeline that has 2,364 people in it, I don't look at that. I actually go to, um, it's, it's called, the list is called People I Follow. It is a custom list. And what I did is I set my bookmark to that. And so when I sign into Facebook, I see the timeline of the people I follow. And I'm looking at all these people. They're all mostly in flesh relationships or people that I would eventually love to have a, you know, get to meet this person face to face kind of relationship. So, and, and, and I can, I can keep up with just those people without deleting everybody else. And here's the other thing is I am connected to more than 2000 people. And occasionally I'll be bored and you know what? It's like there's nothing exciting happening with the people that I know and keep, that I closely follow. So I'm going to click on Facebook, which takes me to the big timeline, you know, mm-hmm. and, and since the last time I pulled it up, which by the way was about five seconds ago, there's 23 new stories. Yeah, lots of noise. But let me just click on this real quick here and see, you know, William D. Uh, Rick Tillery. Oh, wow. I haven't. I Now, here's the thing. I know who Rick Tillery is. I haven't, he's not in the people that I follow, but now I see something that he's posted. Um, here, here's somebody, Albert Hathazi. Now, uh, Albert Hathazi, not in the quote unquote people I follow, but he's, in, he's one of my podcasting A to Z students and, and somebody that, wow, he, matter of fact, he says, I'm about to record an interview 
over Skype for episode three of the podcast, The Local Method. I th- I, that's cool to know. Donald Barry. I know who this guy is. Laura Ross. These are people I'm friends with. They're a part of the 2,300 and some odd people. And occasionally I will go in to these people that I don't follow closely every single day, but I will go in and see what they're doing. And I will um, go in and comment and connect with those people. And and it's just that little extra touch, right? So yeah. I, I couldn't imagine going in and deleting Laura Ross, Donald Mary, Barry, Al, Albert Hathazi, Jeff Re, uh, Jeff Robelin, um, Gary Takix, uh, Robert Banish, uh, Vincent Kimi. Um, let's see here. And McKenna, you've, you're uh, messing up with my camera there, baby. So, uh, but folks, I'll fix my camera in just a f- few minutes. But anyway, um, hold on one second. I'm going to pause. <laughs> and I'm back. Sorry about that. All right. So anyway, I, I yeah, I, I, when I hear I hear this and, and I have no problem with people deleting, uh, you know, I'm wanting to only connect with people. But I, I just don't buy that there's no way, you know, before the before lists, before filters, before all of this other stuff, Facebook was all noise. But now that they have these lists, there are ways to, you there are ways to manage these relationships. Follow the people you want to follow without unfollowing everybody, without unfriending everyone. You know, for example, he mentioned that he's deleting 75 percent of the people that he's fo- friends with on Facebook. And one of the notes that I got in here that uh, Daniel J. Lewis says, um, let's see if I can find up here what he said. He's, Daniel J. Lewis wrote, I was one of Andy's deletions, you know? And, and so it, it's it's like, you know, that how does that feel? I mean, you know, do they have a close personal friendship? Maybe not. I mean, but but just to know that, hey, I followed, I followed Andy and, um, and, uh, Let's see. He says, "Hi, I'm Daniel. Andy and un- and he unfriended me. Hi, Daniel." <laughs> and, and by the way, D- Daniel does say in here. By the way, I'm fine with it. Not offended at all. And I don't think people would be offended. But but still, I think especially when I think of Andy and 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 I think Andy, you're a different scenario than I believe are most individuals using Facebook. You're 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 creating a brand. And that's it goes back to what <clears throat> what Seth Godin is talking about. You know, build a tribe. You, you know, why why deal with all the noise when you could be building your own tribe? And I totally get with not just having Facebook be your sole place online. And I'm completely opposed to that. You know that I I, I agree and and been preaching for a very long time. Have your own home on the web and lead people back to you know invite people to your home. But here's here's the thing. I love the fact that I have two thousand three hundred sixty five people. You know, and are every single one of those people a part of my quote unquote tribe that I'm building? No, but every one of them are being exposed to the message that I'm sharing out there. And there's a good chance that somebody out there might hear or see something. And it's like, wow, I hear you say this over and over and over and over and over again. And it just clicked. I'm going to go start working out or I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to insert whatever is here. And here's the thing. You can unfriend people. We've talked about it here on social media, Serenity. You can unfriend people and guess what? They still are quote unquote subscribers. They still get updates of all your events, 
all your stuff. But guess what? Now those people, if Daniel J. Lewis was to email Andy Traub via Facebook, no notification, you may, you're going to have to go and make sure you check that other box for, you know, every now and then. So I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of people. Father Roderick did this, by the way. He went in and, and I'm not judging Andy. I'm not judging Father Roderick. I'm just I'm just saying, like, I've heard a lot of people talk about just doing this, going back. And I've been tempted to do this. I was tempted to do this when before I deleted my Facebook fan page, maybe get everybody to go over to a Facebook fan page and then and do this this way. But there's just something about adding people as friends. It's like I, I, I when I add people as friends and, and I use that reportive. Have we ever talked about reportive here? We, I think we've mentioned it in passing. But anyway, I go in and, and as people email me and I see that they have a Facebook profile linked up to their email address, I click to add them, request to add them as a, fr- to, as a friend. And every single time I, you know, that they, they add me, almost every single one of them, wow, Cliff, thank you so much for adding me as a friend on Facebook. I can't tell you how much, you know, you, your, your content has been a source of inspiration. You know, now the thing is, is um, do I immediately add every single one of those people to the list of people I am following? No, but the thing is, is I'm one step closer to, and now we'll create it right back to that um, flesh relationship. I can't begin to tell you how many people I never would have met face-to-face had it not been for a Twitter or a Facebook or a LinkedIn or a Plurk or a MySpace or a Frapper map. My goodness, do you remember Frapper maps? I'm dating myself now. But anyway, here's the thing. Eric, you and I are are face-to-face flesh friends. Yeah. We've we've actually seen each other face-to-face multiple times. And that predates Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. Exactly. But I would say that Twitter and Facebook have made it where there's more constant connection. And exactly. And you know a whole lot more of what's going on in my life as and and are even though we are not flesh relationship or face-to-face relationships where we live close to each other and see each other you know uh in throughout our week daily lives you are you know as much if not more than some of the people that i do interact with face-to-face and do life with yeah locally i mean for me it's it's been an interesting journey because and i think we've both said this before where we are both you wouldn't know it but from our internet presence and talking right now, but we are both introverted people who based on when you get around certain people or whatever, or you have certain tools, the tools allow us to become not introverted. Right. Right. And so that's, that's been what it's been for me. I've been able to, you know, one, make new friendships and meet people in person. And two, keep up with family and friends from long ago from many different chapters in my life, as well as people locally that are, you know, at work or from church, et cetera, that I meet on an everyday basis. It helps me to keep up with them. And yeah, there's, there's, there's another chunk of people in there that are, you know, quote unquote, online friends who I've not yet ever met face to face, but I'd love to think my intention is to do so. That's, and that's the key. That is exactly the key is, is keeping, and, and that's the thing, keeping the door open to the opportunity, you know, and I know that Facebook kind of forces us to call those people that we are connected to uh, unilaterally, you like that? 
Or no, 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 nice. no, bilaterally. Bilateral. Yes. So they they kind of force force us to call those people friends, and and maybe they're more of an acquaintance or something of that nature, and and therefore the people who are in a list that I might create might be a list of my quote unquote friends, and you can even create another list of people that are my face to face or flesh you know relationship friends. But the thing is, is those people who aren't in any of the list, but I am connected to and Facebook calls them friends. Those are people that I would, you know, I'd love to get to know more. That, that's why I add them. That's why I want to connect with them. I want to network. I want to, you know, who knows? They might see something I post and comment on it. And I'll give you the best example of this. The, you know, gspn.tv meetups. The, you know, the, you've come to a couple of them. Yep. Uh, I've hosted a couple in Chicago and, and uh, New York City and and my probably one of my favorite meetups i mean obviously the twit meetup was just like blew my mind but for what we're talking about here probably one of the best meetups that i think i've personally had to date was the los angeles the la meetup and this is wh- this is one of the reasons why it, his name is james caso all right c a s o james caso and uh let's well i don't think he has a link to his Twitter correctly on his site. But if you go to crimsoncord.org, crimsoncord.org, this will take you to James Queso's website. And here's the situation. This is a person who listened to the podcast Answer Man regularly. I mean, a lot. Okay. This is a person who is connected with me on Facebook but this is a person who's never called in on the voicemail feedback hotline. This is a person who requested to add me as a friend on Facebook a very long time ago. I accepted it as I do all Facebook friend requests. So this is somebody who has yet who has never called in on the voicemail hotline. He's never left a Facebook or never left a blog comment, never communicated with me via Twitter. Outside of asking for a friend request, never sent me a Facebook message has never emailed me, no communication with me whatsoever, but he loves Podcast Answer Man and loves the message that I share through podcasting. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I, I throw out, what do I do? I create a Facebook event and I put it out on my feed on Facebook that says, hey, we're having a meetup, I'm coming to LA, you know, would love to meet you if you can come. And what, the, what happens? James Queso goes in and says, I'm attending. And I'm looking at all the names of the people who are, who say that they're coming to the to the Facebook um, or to the to the uh, what what do you call it the uh, the LA meetup, and I recognize almost every single name on there except for this James Queso. Who's James Queso? And so I click on there and I get to read a little bit about who James Queso is. And I still I'm like man I feel terrible because I do not remember ever having a conversation with this guy. You know, and so I start searching my email inbox. I start searching high rise. Is there any place I've ever talked to this guy? So we get to we get to the restaurant, and here here he, this guy introduces himself, and his his name's James Queso. And I'm like, I said, James, I'm I'm going to tell you, I feel I feel like a total heel here, but how do you know me? How do how do you, how are you a part of the GSPN community? I, and I literally I said, I I'm going to just tell you, I feel really out of place because if we've ever communicated with each other. I can't figure out where or how. He says, don't feel bad, Cliff. Don't lose any sleep over it. I've never talked to you before. I've never reached out to you. But here I am. I just wanted to come here tonight. By the way, this is my wife. He introduced me to his wife. 
and he tells me about how much my podcast has has influenced him and how Crimson Cord is a site that he's started as a result of the inspiration that he's got from me. And we literally probably had about a 35-minute face-to-face conversation there. So this is a person who was one of the 2,300-some-odd people I was connected to as a friend on Facebook who, guess what, made it into the people I follow list. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Well, and to go back to Seth Godin's thing about cre- doing, you know, create spending time creating your tribe, and this isn't to say that Andy's doing anything wrong, which he's he's not, because um, he's narrowing down, you know, his he, he's making sure that with limited time, resources, and energy, that and margin, that you focus on what you need to focus on, prioritized. And that's not a bad thing at all, and I'll never slag on that ever. Yeah. And the thing that he, he's bringing up about what Seth said about focusing time on your tribe, again, that's prioritizing. The only thing to make sure you don't do when you are forming or uh, cultivating a tribe is to not exclude potential people that are part of your audience. Yes, that 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 would be my greatest fear for anyone who would attempt to go in and do the massive unfriending of people. That, and and yeah. I'm not saying that you can't do it. My my thing is my 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 approach would just be different than that. But I I definitely agree that that is that is the biggest thing. And and I and again we know that Daniel's in here. He was one of the people who didn't make the you know the friend list. But but the thing is, is, is and Daniel says he's not offended at all. And you know what? Chances are most people aren't even going to know that this happened. But there yeah. are, there is going to be a time. There would be a time where let's just say all of a sudden it's like, wow, I, I listened to An- I've listened to Andy and Cliff on every single episode. And by the way, and I've listened to every single one of, you know, Andy's better be a better husband podcast. I've listened to every one of Andy's this podcast and I listened to every one of these things. And you know what? I'm going to go post something on Andy's wall. Uh, yeah. How do I feel when I learn that I am not Andy's friend anymore? Uh, and, and that that for me is the biggest question. Right. You know, just because we haven't had that really close one-on-one relationship. it, it and, and the thing is, 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 you know, we could make the argument, well, there's still the fan pages and stuff like that. And and I just think there's I don't know I, I think I think it's a crazy world we live in where Facebook has forced us to call some people fans and some people friends and I know that they're not really called fan pages anymore but the thing is is Facebook did it as I don't know there's still fan pages to me mm-hmm. and well and, and that's and what's the difference between people being mutually friends on Facebook versus mutually subscribed yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't know it, it just I. You know, just just I just the idea that that what you're doing is called calling unfriending someone that even though I know technically it's not unfriending someone, uh, you know, because it, it, defining what friendship is and all. But yeah, it's just I don't know that. So, Andy, you were right. You said you heard in your head all the things that I might be thinking or saying as a result of the, <laughs> the comment. You're right. It's certainly brought up a, lot, uh, a thing. And this is, and here's the thing. I've, I've thought about doing it. 
You know, there, there have been many times when I think that Facebook is just too much noise. And that's why for me, I, I literally, I, I did, I went in and, and I went through 2000 some odd people uh, in my Facebook profile or friend list. And I went in and I added the people I wanted to, to the, the various lists I wanted to create it. And I, I probably spent about four or five hours doing that. And ever since then, Facebook has become a very managed, though often cluttered looking, but still very managed place for me where I can connect with the face-to-face people, the family, the friends from church, the the people in the community, and just the overall quote-unquote people I follow, and then occasionally touching base with, can we call them the fringe friends? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the people who are on the fringe. So there you go. Andy, I love you, my brother. Which, by the way, I wonder, am I still Andy's friend? I actually went and checked, and I still made the cut. You made the cut? Doesn't mean he's done yet. <laughs> Especially after listening to this. Yeah, I think I think I'm off the list. Uh, unfriend. I wouldn't be offended either, to be honest. Yeah. I oh, nice dude, dude, I am not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I am not Andy's friend. <laughs> I am not kidding you. I am not. I I I can. I'm gonna take a screen capture right here. Add as friend. Dude, how did you make the cut? I, I'm telling you, he just didn't... I think he's listening right now and he did it on purpose as a joke. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Perfect. Uh, that is so funny. I, so I cannot go in and post a comment on his wall. Oh, no, I can comment on something he wrote, though. Anyway. <sighs> Love it. Perfect <laughs> answer show. Until next time, Merry Christmas. <laughs>